or that you love them even as you loved me. Y'all may be seated. Um, this is the scripture um, that is the basis of this because it's about the love of God. It says that he is in us and we are in him. What do we really understand about that? We all say that God's in us. But do we believe? Now, when he brought this to me, he was talking about his love and how we loved each other. And then the next scripture is John 17, 26. And it says, I have made you, I have made your name known. This is also amplified. To them and revealed your character and your very self. And I will continue to make you known. I'm going to have to look at this one. I can't see it back there. That the love which you have bestowed upon me may be in them, felt in their hearts, and that I myself may be in them. So if it's God's love that is in us, and he is making sure it's in us, and that we feel it in our hearts, then we should also feel Jesus in our hearts. Because he says that as the love is in our hearts, so is he in our hearts. Now, I have a question for you. And this is the premise of what started this whole thing for me is, do you truly love your neighbor as yourself? Come on. Amen. The next thing I'm going to say to you is this. You should feel sorry for him if you do. Uh-oh. Think about it. If you love your neighbor as you love yourself, you should feel sorry for him <clears throat> if we are truly honest because sometimes we don't love ourselves. We love other people more than we love ourselves. Come on. Isn't that weird? We're Come not on. supposed to. It's supposed to be, we're supposed to love us so that God can be shown through us. But we don't truly love ourselves. So how can you love your neighbor as yourself? You can't. Mm. Because if you, if you don't love you, you have no love to give them. Mm. You have no mercy, no compassion. You're judgmental. You're going to judge them for everything they do wrong. Come on. Because you judge yourself. Come on. You don't like what you see in the mirror, so you're going to project that onto your neighbor that's doing the same thing you did. That's true. When you see sin in someone else, you're going to bring it out because it's something that you're doing in your life. Come on. Amen. Y'all can, I'm going to be stepping on your toes. I'm probably going to kick you in the knee. I don't, I, there's going to be a lot of things going on. Go ahead. So, and I didn't do this, okay? This is all God. Y'all blame him. Y'all talk with him after it's over. I am not the complaint department. So, the world tells us that we should love ourselves, right? How many have heard that? Yeah. Right? The world says, love yourself. Take time for you. It's all about you. Right? All about you. And... When it's all about you, this is what the Lord gave me. It's not the same as when God says love yourself. The world, the world's way makes us a selfish person. God's way makes us a selfless person. Amen. You might want to write that down. Amen. It's free. As God, um, when the world says you need time, then we become selfish and remove ourselves from others and our obligations and things that we have told God, yes, we'll do, whether we're teaching, preaching, um, driving the bus, <clears throat> setting up a tent, mowing the grass. Come on. We get selfish and we say, we're not doing it. We don't have to. You know, um, I'm going to take some me time. Mm. Preach there it. is no me time. Preach it. Let me, let me put it the way he told me it. 
When God says, when the world says you need me time, or when God says you need me time, he means him time. That's right. Amen. Because God is looking at you saying you need me time. Yes. He's not saying you need cliff time, angel time. You need me time, which is God time. Amen. When the world says you need me time, you leave God out. Hmm. And he says he needs us, when he says you need me time, it's for us to rid ourselves of stuff. We all got stuff, right? Not only one got stuff. Come on. I got a lot of stuff, y'all. There's trunks, there's boxes, there's everything. So, I'm trying to read my own handwriting. Forgive me. Sometimes when God gives you stuff, you write it down so fast, you can't really read your handwriting. See, it's a thing. Um, stuff that we don't need in our lives <clears throat> to get rid of it in a healthy way. When we do our me time, we start cutting things out of our lives in a way that is harmful. We don't take the time to pray. We don't take the time to seek God and ask Him, is this how you want me to remove this from my life? Including mm. people. Come on. Now let's understand. There are people, and all of us have the crazies in our family. Amen. If you don't, if you, if you say you don't, then you're lying right now in church. There is somebody in your life somewhere among the, the bloodline that's been crazy. And a you know, used to we hit them, now we put them out on the porch. You know? Put a sign on them. Hey, come see our crazy people. But while I was at jury duty, jury pool duty, whatever, I was sitting in there listening to all that. That was fun, by the way. It was interesting, but. What was most interesting is I, I was in there, I was with 40 other people. And I got to look around, you know, and in church you look around, right? All y'all different, right? Y'all ain't the same. No twins in here, right? Okay. When I'm in there looking at the people in the jury pool, they're super different, okay? They're not, and, and I, was, I was sitting there and, I, and the Holy Spirit was talking to me and I was like, so God, what is going on here? And he goes, you notice how different y'all all are? And I said, yeah. He said, but you're not, you're all the same. I said, how are we the same? He said, I, he said, your skin color might be different. Your sexual orientation might be different. Your career choices might be different. But you're all the same. And I said, how, how so? Well, this is what he told me. He said that this is the diversity I saw. I saw white, black, Hispanic people. There were straight, gay, old, young, unemployed, disabled, executives, airline workers, RNs, retired police, Factory workers, they were married, divorced, single widows, and widowers. All those were made up, those 40 people. And the vast difference was not that um, all those things I just named. This is what God gave me. In some part of life, we've had an addict, an alcoholic, a fornicator, an adulterer. I'm not saying directly involved with us, but we know in family, we know someone. Liars, cheats, abusers, and possibly even murderers. <laughs> We've known somebody in our vast life. I mean, we're not babies, so we've lived a while. And there's a bunch of crazy people in that bloodline on both sides of your family. <laughs> Just letting you know. If you do research, you'll find out they're all crazy. But I want to go to uh, Leviticus um, 19 and verse 18. Bet you didn't know this was in the Old Testament. It's the same scripture Jesus gave. 
It says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Mm. Not many people know that's in the Old Testament, back when the book first started getting written. So if God meant it back then, then he meant it over here in the New Testament, and he said it quite a few times in the New Testament. He must really mean it. Amen. So he must want us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Now we've got to get ourselves loved first. That's right. We've got to get the junk out of the way. That's right. So Matthew 23, 39 is where he first starts in um, the New Testament with it. Because, you know, it goes in order. And he says, the second is like unto it. I did a lot of the Amplified. I really love the Amplified. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. Let's go over to Mark 12:31. And the second is like it, and it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now take a trip with me to 1 John 4:21. I'm going to do a, a, I'm going to, I'm going to be speaking about a few of these. It says, in this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. I used the New King James Version on that one. It had a, a few extra words there that mean something. And then we're going to go to Romans. I can talk more freely once I do the scriptures. We're going to go to Romans 13, 8. I like to get all the scriptures in there first and then get to the meat. It says, okay, this one's amplified. Keep out of debt and owe no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor, who practices loving others, ooh, wait, 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 go back, practices loving others? Mm. Are we doctors? We should be because they're practicing too. So we should be practicing to love others has fulfilled the law relating to one's fellow men, meeting all its requirements. Amen. We are required by the law mm. of God. Yeah. Dating back to the Old Testament to love one another. Yes. yes. Amen. Can you really say you love everyone as you love yourself? Again, be careful because you might have to say sorry to them. Because here's the thing. I wasn't sure how I was going to share this. Um, this is about his mother. Lord bless her soul. Uh, she hated me for years. We're talking 30-something years she hated me. Because he was her only son, and I took him. Sometimes I try to give him back. <laughs> but I took him. She hated me. Always wanted to fight with me. And just really was mean to me in every way. This woman did some nasty, nasty things to me over the years. And my kids hold a grudge against her because of it. And I have to keep telling them, let it go. It's let it go. Because when she got cancer, she changed. She really sought God. And when she sought God, God made her make peace with me. And the funny part was, I was like waiting to see if she's playing a game, you know, because this woman had some tricks. But I showed her love and respect. Because I, I was at a point with God, I was like, you know what, God, I don't care. It's your problem. She's your problem. She ain't my problem no more. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. So I was very kind to her. 
and I took her to the doctors. And when she got so bad, her her own sister couldn't get her to eat. And she, I, I went over to her and I talked to her for a second, and I got her to eat some food. And for some reason, she responded to me. And that's when the Lord told me, He said, "Remember that, because that was me showing love to my enemy." And when you show love to your enemy, it changes them. Yes, it does. It's not just about heaping coals of fire on their head. We want God to take them out. Oh, let's be honest. I, I've got a list. Okay? I've got a list. They're all guys that dated my daughters. But i got a list that God told me to go with. And at the top of this list is this one dude. And God said, you got to forgive him. And I'm like, I don't want to. And he said, you got to. And I said, I don't want to. He said, but he's my child. And I said, I know, but I still don't want to. Can't you just beat him up a little bit? And God said, he made me watch The Shack yesterday. Who's watched The Shack before? It wasn't about, I read the book and then I watched the movie, but it wasn't the first part of the movie about the little girl. It was about the conversation he had with God. And I was like, God, I've already seen it. I've read the book. He said, but you didn't listen. And I said, sorry. Okay, I'll listen. So I got quiet and I focused so intently on the words they were using. And they were scriptural. And as I was focusing on these words and the Holy Spirit came on and he said, this is why everyone misunderstands God. Because we judge God unfaithful. We judge that God don't know what he's doing. Mm. We judge that we are better judged than God. There's a scene where he goes to see wisdom. And God says if you chase after wisdom, you chase after a good thing, right? I'm mm. paraphrasing. So... Wisdom is there telling him, now, since you like to judge God, sit in the judgment seat. And now you have two children. You've got to send one to hell and keep one and send them to heaven. He said, you have to choose. And the man goes, I can't. Take me instead, I can't. And that's when the Holy Spirit quickened me and he said, that's what Jesus did. I couldn't choose who was going to die for you guys. And Jesus said, send me. Mm. And Jesus came so that we could go to heaven. And so that God didn't have to send any of his children to hell. Amen. Even the murderers, the pedophiles, the rapists, the, the crack addicts, everybody. The drug addicts, even just the liars and the cheaters are going to go to hell if they don't change their ways. You know, a liar is going to be in hell just as bad as a pedophile. So be careful not to ever lie, even a little white one. Come on. There ain't no such thing. So the Holy Spirit shared that with me and he said that that is the the first step to knowing that I'm with you and I love you and I'm going to be with you on this journey. And this journey of love, it's a journey of love. Amen. The problem is we try to take this journey without him. We're walking without him. We come into church and we sit down and we say our hallelujahs and we can, we can raise our hands and we can feel the goosebumps and we can do this and we can do that. And Jesus is so far from us we don't even know his name. Mm, come on. Or what address he's in. Come on. But when we walk in with him, you ever notice it makes a difference in the service? Amen. When you bring him in with you, can you imagine all the Jesuses that are with us? Yeah, I know he's one big one, but just think of all these little Jesuses sitting with us, okay? I'm just saying, use your, use your imagination for a minute. And then the anointing that's on him, it's filling every part of this room. Mm. It fills every inch of that tent. It fills everything that needs to be filled. Now, here's the problem. Is that we think 
we're better than everyone because we call ourselves Christians. Yes, I said Christians. We think that because we can walk the talk, we can read the book, we can speak the word, we can do this, we can do that, we feel the Holy Ghost little goosebumps, that we are above those who have fallen. But that ain't our job. Mm. Our job is to reach down, pick them up, put their arm around your neck if they can't walk on their own and carry them until they get their feet back under them. Come on. That is our job. We need to look at them through the eyes that Christ looks at you and me every day. Because Christ is looking at you right now. He's looking at me right now. He wants to see if we are really loving. And love is such, oh, that word is thrown around so much nowadays. Amen. It has no meaning. The love of God, agape love. Amen. That is the love that we need to be walking in. Agape love. We need to look through the eyes of Jesus. The same love that he looks at you with. Why don't we show the love like the Bible says? That's a question. Maybe we don't show it because we're holding on to things that need forgiveness for. Amen. Maybe we need to forgive ourselves. It's more about us forgiving ourselves than Jesus forgiving us. Because he already did it. Once you confessed it, he did it. But when we sit back and go, I'm not worthy, God. God's like, who are you to say you're not worthy? But I don't feel it. I didn't ask you to feel anything. He said, I asked you to do. The problem is, in our life, is that we try to feel things instead of knowing and doing things. That's right. You don't got to feel God to know he's real. Amen. You don't got to feel the Holy Spirit to know he's real. Come on. You don't got to feel Jesus to know he's real. Amen. You don't got to feel anything to know something's real. Amen. I don't feel the wind right now, but I know it's outside. Mm -hmm. I do feel the little breeze, but that's there. <laughs> that's kind of cheating, but anyway. Um, I think the next one is Luke 7.47. This is going to be a good one. He says, I tell you, her sins, and they are many. How many have many sins? Because if, if you say you are sinless, you are lying. Like right now, you're lying. Because we sin every day. We have a bad thought. We have a bad, uh, we, we say something wrong. And then we have to go back, oh God, I'm sorry. Even if it's just a slip of one word. You are sinning daily because he said we sin daily. Paul said it. He says we sin daily. We cannot get out of it because we're in our mortal bodies. Until we get to heaven, we will not be able to not sin. Because here's the thing. If you aren't sinning, then you should be in heaven right now. Just saying. Have been forgiven, so she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Mm. Now, not all of us have these great sins that need to be forgiven. Like a murderer or a pedophile or, you know, rapist or, or even... Okay, who heard about the guy that was found in the toolbox in Cedartown? Mm -hmm. He got murdered. Father of five. Mm. We have some bad people around this area. Mm -hmm. This woman from Bowden went to Carrollton and pistol whipped a 55-year-old man and robbed him. Seriously, what is wrong with people? So my point is that if they go to the Father and ask for forgiveness, and he forgives them, and then they turn around and give their life to Christ, and they show the love that we're supposed to be showing, mm. 
in a way that blows our minds and they don't want anything in return for showing that love because they were forgiven a lot. So they have a lot of love to show and to give. We don't if we only have, if I only said something bad about pastor and I had to repent, which that's, you know, you say stuff, but that's a different story. <laughs> it's not always true. We just, it's, it's, it's long short. Anyway, but if I say something bad and it really irritates God, I have no comfort, no rest until I go apologize to him and make it right. And yet, that's a little bit. That's the little love. So I go give him a hug. That's a little love. But when you are at the altar with someone, you see and you hear that they're going through something similar you went through, and you're there with them, and then you start bawling with them, and you cry out to God, and the Holy Spirit moves on you in such a way that you can't stop praying for them because you know how hard it was for you to overcome, and you need to help them get it overcome. That's our job. We are to help one another overcome. Hmm. Why else is there a church? What's the purpose? What's the purpose of coming together? To hear Shirley sing? To hear Jan sing? To hear Pastor talk? I can hear him talk anytime. I don't have to come to church for that. My point being, why come? Why do we come to church? Get up, put our clothes on, and come to church. Is it so that we can feel good about ourselves and check off the box that we went to church? Mm, come on. Is it so that we can tell our family and friends, I belong to the power of church of God. You ought to hear our pastor. He's pretty good. Some days. <laughs> or are we here because God said there are people coming in this church that need help Amen. they don't even know it at the time most of us don't know that we're in bondage until a message or something is said or you hear a, a conversation of someone saying this is what God brought me out of and then all of a sudden that light bulb goes off over your head like a little cartoon character going hey I've been through that I'm going through that maybe they can help me Mm. Are they willing to? Come on. Are they going to talk about me after I talk to them? Are they going to gossip and tell everybody my business if I go to them and ask them for help? Mm. Can, they, can they trust you? That's what you need to ask yourself. Can people trust you? I hope they can trust you. I hope they can trust me. I'm a little crazy, but you know, that's that point. If my birthday is National Squirrel Day. I'm just saying. So. When we are forgiven much, we love much, maybe there are offenses with people we need to ask forgiveness for and to forgive and to give forgiveness. It's not just asking forgiveness, but give forgiveness. Hmm. We can't love ourselves or others if we are holding on to unforgiveness or if shame has kept us from confessing our sins to be forgiven. Sometimes there's going to be people that come in this church that are going to be so full of shame hmm. and they're not going to know how to repent. They're not going to know how to go to God. So it's our job to be sensitive in the Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can lead us to that person. Amen. And that we can quietly not announce to everyone what's going on. Amen. But quietly get with them and pray with them and ask if there's anything we can do. And if it comes out to be something you can't handle, there's a pastor over there. Or he's somewhere around here all the time. But there's a pastor that you can find and he can help guide you if need be. Or I can help guide you if I've been through it or just being a woman. Because if it's a woman thing, he ain't going to talk to you. That's going to be weird for him. But if it's a woman thing, you come to me. I can help you. I've been through a lot. More than y'all know. 
Jesus shows us that we can only love to the extent we are forgiven. Mm. If you are not loving everyone as yourself, then most likely you are not forgiving yourself, even though Christ did. Yeah. Think about things in your life and figure out if you have forgiven yourself <clears throat> or even your mate or, mm. or your parent or your kids Amen. or grandkids, which, you know, we all got those. Some of them we want to just... Y'all know what that means. It's about the boots, okay? Let's be real. All right. So, when we are forgiven for small love, for small things, I messed myself up, sorry. When we are pulled out of the miry clay, muck and mud by Jesus, when the sins in our life are so overwhelming, once forgiven and cleaned up, we can love big. Because I'm going to tell you something. How many has ever been in that mud and you felt stuck? Mm. Couldn't go forward, couldn't go backwards, couldn't go up. And you're thinking, I'm going to drown in this. But then at the right time, even though we think he's late, he ain't, he's always right on time. Yeah. Jesus reaches that hand down and pulls you up. And then he gets a water hose and he cleans you up. He don't just pull you up and just say, okay, you're done. He gets that water hose, he cleans you up, gets all the mud and muck off of you. He hugs you, gives you clean clothes, puts that on you. He's loving you. Yes. Yes. See, we don't think about that. We think, well, he pulled us out and stands us there and we're just still dirty. No. He don't leave you dirty. If you get dirty, it means you got back in it and got out again. Mm. When you get back in the dirt, you're going to be dirty. Just saying. <laughs> if you jump in muddy puddles, you're going to get mud on you. We should look and think about others with the heart that knows the love of God as he showed us and still shows us. Do you really believe that God loves you? Yes. It's a question for y'all. Are you sure you never doubt him? Hmm. I don't. I'll be honest. Look, I'm an open book. Y'all know more about me than I probably know about any of y'all. I doubt him. I, I ask him sometimes if he's crazy because he has me do things like this. And I'm like, I thank God you're losing it a little bit. I said, one day I asked him, I said, are you crazy? And he goes, no, I'm God. And I said, no, I, I'm thinking you're losing it, Lord, because I'm not the person you need for this. I was like, you need to get somebody, bring them on in here. Come on, bring them. And he's like, no, can't do that. And I was like, well, that just ain't right. So we had a conversation that didn't go my way anyway. Now, do you know and not feel that God loves you like he loves Jesus. Now think about what I just said. Do you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, get your feelings out of the way? Because if you feel that God loves you like he loves Jesus, that don't mean nothing. Hmm. Do you know that he loves you like Jesus? Amen. Do you know that he loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you? Come on. That your sins would be forgiven so that he did yeah. not have to send any of his children to hell. And that it Amen. broke his heart. Mm. And you, did you know that he was there with Jesus on the cross? Yeah. Did you know that he stayed with him? He didn't leave him. Thank you, he Jesus. didn't turn with him. He couldn't do anything yeah. to help him because Jesus wouldn't open his mouth and say so. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus sacrificed for you and me. Yes. For all yes. of our loved ones. For our grandkids. Our kids. Yes. Our parents. Yes. Siblings. And it broke his heart when Jesus had to die like that. And now it breaks his heart that everybody thinks that God is so unjust and unfair. Mm. He is tired of people blaming him <laughs> for what's going on because it's not his doing. It's our doing. Come on. 
we didn't get up as a church and stand up and fight against everything that's happening. We didn't fight against abortion like we should have. Come on. We didn't fight against uh, homosexuality like we should have coming in the churches. Let's be real. Come on. We didn't fight about the pedophiles getting out and attacking the children. Come on. There's only so much that they can do, but there's more we can do. Yeah. First starts with prayer. Amen. If we don't come together and be unified in prayer, nothing we do matters. Preach. Preach it. Y'all need to know this. Amen. Prayer is so important because it moves mountains. That's it right. moves these things that are so impossible to move. It moves the government. Yes. Who knows Carolyn Duncan from City Hall? Yes. I spent two days with her on the jury pool. And she acted like I was her best friend. She just kept hugging me every day. And I was like, I think I know her. That's kind of weird when you're not sure. And God said, this woman just genuinely loves you. And I said, well, that's just weird, but I'll kind of love her back. <laughs> But um, because it's out of my nature. we got to get out of our nature. Amen. We need to get in God's nature. Yes. We need to get in Jesus' nature and the Holy Spirit's nature. More of the Holy Spirit than anything because He's the one that was left here to comfort us, to bring us to where we need to be in God. Yes, come on. If we can't be in God where we need to be, then we need to just say no more and walk out the door and say, God, I'm done. Come on. If you can't do it, give it up. <laughs> if you're not willing to fight, give it up. Come it on. takes a fight to be a Christian. Yes, it does. You have to fight every day not to say, I'm done. Come on. I quit him 15 times. <laughs> I mean, a day. Every Monday. <laughs> every Monday. Every Friday. After I have teen class, I quit him. I'm not doing it no more. He said, you ain't doing it for me. <laughs> yes, I am. No, you're doing it for God. No, I'm not. I'm doing it for you. He goes, no, you're not. And I said, fine. Quit God then. God said, no, you're not. I can't win. I'm outnumbered. So the Holy Spirit calms me down. But the thing is, I have to really dig in and say, I got to fight this. I got to fight to do this. Mm. I, if I'm nothing else but a prayer warrior, I've got to fight. Yes. We need prayer. Yes. Amen. Because even Jesus said, prayer moves mountains. Yes. Come he on. He said, if you speak something, or, excuse me, where you're. If, let's see, what is it? When two or three are gathered yeah. in mm -hmm. the midst, I will do it. Yeah, come on. If we talk to a mountain and we have faith in what Jesus said, that mountain's got to move. It has no choice. It cannot just stay there. It, it might not happen the instant we say it, but it's going to move. Come Whether on. Whether it caves in from inside because God hollows it out or because an earthquake takes it out, but it's going to be gone. Yeah. So here's the thing. We've got to decide that if we love like God, this is what love's got to do with it. Okay? What love's got to do with it is that when we show the love of God to those that we... Okay, when we show love... If I show love to Sister Bonnie, that's my reward. Because I do love Bonnie. But if I show love to somebody that's my enemy, mm. then it is much harder to do. And Jesus said, greater is your reward. Yes. He didn't say, show that... He did say show it so he can heap coals of fire on their head. But if that is your motivation for loving your enemy, you're wrong. <laughs> and it ain't going to happen. Because he didn't say, love your enemy so I can punish them. <laughs> I used to do this. I used to say, God, kill them or kill them. Take them out. Get them out of the way. You kill them or I'll kill them. You just let me know. <laughs> I've said it. I meant it too. And the Lord said, No. And I'm like, but God, and he's like, the angel. And I was like, what? And he goes, no. So the no is because, as you learn through the movie of the shack, 
We are all God's children. Come on. Yes, we are. Good, bad, ugly, all of us. Come on. We are God's children. He does not want to choose one to send to hell. Mm -mm. He does not want to send anyone to hell. Unfortunately, they're going to take the trip on their own with him having tears the whole time saying, I'm so sorry, I wish I, I, wish I could have made you do it the other way. But he doesn't want slaves. He don't want prisoners. He doesn't, you know, that's the thing that the younger people, um, and when I say younger people, I'm talking about my kids. Um, they say that if God's in control, why don't he stop this, this, and this? Well, he can't. He could, but he can't. And the reason I say that is, yeah, he could, but he'd have to change everything that was written in the Bible for 2,000 years mm. plus. He would have to change everything about himself and what he has shown people in 2,000 years plus. Well, more than that, because you know, back in, uh, Abraham, Moses, and them, he would have to change it all. If he was to change it all, he can't be trusted. Mm. Amen. He says what he means, and he means what he says, and what he says and he means is in the Bible. Amen. This right here is his word. There's no lie in it. That's right. Find me a lie. Bring it to me. That's right. Prove me wrong. He's never lied. Changed his mind one time. That's because of Moses. That was Moses pleading for people. But we can change his mind by pleading for people, but he's not going to change his mind on what's set in stone about what's going to happen, what we have to do. If that was the case, then why didn't he let, you know, the, the, his favorite people were the apostles, mm. not us. Just know that. We don't come, we, we come second to the apostles, okay? Because they lived with him. They ate with him. Mm -hmm. They spent time with him. They hugged him. Like physically, they knew him. Yeah. Okay? They're his favorite people. Does he love us the same? Yes. But it's different because he was establishing who he was through them. And they had to love him with an undying love to carry on after he died. Mm -hmm. I mean, they died some horrible deaths. Mm -hmm. You know? I don't think I want my hair cut off, but, you know. It is what it is, it happens. No, it is. So, point being is that the love of God, and, and, and I showed you the scriptures, it's in there, everywhere. Love has lost its meaning because it's so easily said nowadays. If you truly love someone, then you have to love the good, the bad, and the ugly about them. Mm. You have to love when they go against what you believe. You have to love them when they do stupid things. And you have to love them not only as your family, but as God's family. Even if they don't confess Christ, they're still God's family. You know why? Because they still have that chance. They still have that choice. And if you treat a non-Christian bad and they get saved, they're not going to want to be around you. They're not going to want to be around you. And that person can lose a lot of wisdom. Think about all the stuff you've been through that God's brought you through and how he taught you how to share that with others to bring them through so they don't have to suffer as much as you did. We all suffer through stuff for a reason. It's to make us stronger or kill us. And since we're all still here, I'm assuming it made us stronger. I mean, I'm not dead, though. Okay, we'll find out later. To tell the truth and... Also, for you to love them enough to tell the truth to them that they're sinning. But 95% of the time, I'm going to tell you, they know they're sinning. Mm -hmm. 
They just want you to tell them how to get out of it. And you may have to tell them a thousand times, ten thousand times. You must forgive people ten thousand times a day. If someone was to hurt your family, like they did on the shack, where the little girl was murdered by a, a serial killer that just killed little girls, and God asked the father, if he, he, he told him he needed him to forgive him so that he could be healed. And the man asked this question, and I thought it was so important. He said, how, how, how long do I got to do this? And he said, it may take you 10,000 times a day mm. saying, I forgive him until you mm. start feeling that you have released this. So the problem is we hold on to grudges. We hold on to all the things that somebody annoys us with. Mm -hmm. Now, Cliff's family is really good at holding grudges. I'm going to blast you for a minute. Not so sure. I think mine is too. He's got a few people in his family that hold a grudge till they die. They're going to have a sign, something on their hand that says grudge sticking out of the ground. And who their grudge is against. They do, and he knows it. I got people in my family that hold a grudge, and they pick sides. And I'm like, I don't care either way. Do what you got to do. You know, if you got a grudge against me, you're either going to get over it or die with it once. One of those two things are going to happen. But when we hold grudges, we're also holding back the love of God. You're refusing to let God love through you. This isn't about the person. This is about you and your relationship with God. Amen. We are never meant to do this alone. Amen. We are never to walk alone. We were never meant or created to be alone in this life. Our God who created us, created us to be paired with Him and keep our eyes on Him. You know what I look forward to in heaven besides my rain room with all the animals in it? I'm getting a rain. I get to run on water with Jesus. That's going to be fun. Don't y'all think running across a lake with Jesus would be fun? I mean, come on, you're on top of the water. You're watching the fish underneath you. That's going to be awesome. So, doing fun stuff with Jesus is what I'm looking forward to. And Jesus is going to visit my rain room. He likes rain too. He likes my animals too. I got a bunch of them coming. It's going to be all forest and rain. You come up, Shirley. Um, <coughs> you can ask God for specific things for your mansion room thing that we're going to. And he knows that my desire is I could stay in that one room for the rest of eternity. That's it. Just give me that one room. Eternity. But what he wants us to do is to not just be there alone. He wants us to be there and have people come up and hold your hand and say thank you for your love. Thank you for loving me when I was at my very worst. Thank you for loving me when I stole. Thank you for loving me when I was smoking crack. Thank you for loving me when I was in jail for touching that child or for... And thank you for loving me for cheating on my wife, when I was cheating on my wife or my husband. You loved me through it and got me back where I needed to be. Amen. That is our job. As hard as it is mm. to face some of the stuff that we need to face with people, that is our job. Amen. And if you don't like the job, you might as well throw your Bible down, get out, and say, I'm done. Because it's not my job. It's not his job. It's not their job. It's not their job. It's your job. Amen. Every single person, individually, it is your job Amen. to love everyone with the love of God. Amen. And the love of God is the love of Christ. 
Yes, thank and you, And I Jesus. know there are people that hurt us. Thank you, Jesus. And it took me a long time to figure out that there was one person I still kind of had an issue with. I mean, I did try to kill him. Loading gun. Well, two people, but that's a different story. But um, Holy Spirit stopped me from making the biggest mistake of my life. It was ex son in law. And he was almost a dead son in law. So I'm not kidding about that. I was still green with God. You know, when you when green, it means you ain't mature enough yet. So I hadn't listened to the Holy Spirit enough to know that was a bad idea. You know, but He took and froze me in, in my in my seat. I could not move my car. I could not I could not do anything. I was just stuck sitting in my seat. Finally, I said, "Fine, I won't go kill him this time." And the Holy Spirit said, "You won't go kill him anymore. Go put the gun up, and then you need to go pray." So I went and prayed, and I got delivered from my anger. Still didn't like him. Just know I didn't like him. But I can tolerate being around him to the point I didn't look at him like, I'm going to stab you when you turn your back, okay? We all have those feelings. Come on, be truthful. You've had somebody in your life that has irritated you to the point you want to shame them. And if you haven't, they coming. Be prepared. They coming. God, they're going to send somebody that you're going to get irritated by to the point you want to shame them. Tell him. It's his job. So, with that being said, what I want to ask you guys today is if you all stand.